ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 Purpose Girls. So I don't know if you know, but today, February 13th, is International Day of Self-Love. And of course, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, a day where people think all over the world, at least here in North America, celebrate love between two people or three people or whatever your thing is. And so what I want to get into today is this connection between self-love and other love. A client of mine a few years ago came to me. She had been divorced for probably 10 or 15 years at that point. And every single relationship she was in seemed to have the same storyline. It was like, same guy, different golf club, right? Like same guy, different haircut. I mean, actually probably the same haircut. And each one, each man she seemed to date was a narcissist, didn't really care about her. She would find herself begging at their doorstep, wanting to hang on more. And as she and I started working together, originally around purpose, and then we found this hole and yearning in her heart for love, we really started to explore how much she loved herself. And what we found there was a deep hole that once she was able to fill the hole with feeling beautiful, seeing her own strengths, really loving herself, I am so thrilled to tell you that she did indeed meet who is now her husband and an amazing man who treats her like an absolute queen. And that's what I want for every single one of you. And so today we're going to dive into self-love. We're going to dive into what it means because everyone talks about self-love, but like what the heck is it? We're also going to dive into how to have a juicy, like juicy, juicy, beautiful, intimate, hot, sexy relationship, no matter how long you have been married. And I have the perfect guest who's going to help us with both of these. I want to introduce you to Crystal Lang, and she is a soul sister, a friend of mine, a woman who I follow and admire, and who has gotten me wearing red lipstick almost every single day. Crystal has her degree in instructional technology. She is a certified woman speak speaker. She's also a woman speak circle leader, teaching women the art of speaking up and unleashing their voices. She is the creatress of many online and in-person courses, workshops, and circles. She has a global following. She's the creatress of the beauty and body reclamation movement. She has a Facebook group that we will connect you with on the show notes. And she is the master, the genius behind the red lip revolution, which we are totally going to get into. She's an internationally best-selling author, a coach for both one-to-one online group courses, a mastermind, and a sisterhood specialist. So you are going to love hearing from this woman. And I will say she has a hot, sexy relationship with her husband of 20 years and has three kids. So she kind of covers all the gamut. Crystal, welcome to the Purpose Girl podcast. Thank you. That was so much fun to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just repeating who you are, darling. Just reflecting you. 
Love it. Thank you so much for that warm welcome and your beautiful smile and face and energy. I love it. Mm. Well, I'm so happy you're here. When I thought about doing a show to cover both self-love and love, I immediately thought of you. Because even though you and I haven't known each other long, I am constantly amazed at your posts on Facebook about how you post about women feeling beautiful no matter what, women over, you know, getting over the old story that we're not as pretty as somebody else, women really like showing up and being visible and doing so with three kids and a partner of 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. So let's start with how did you get to a place of such self-love where you would start a red lipstick revolution where you're encouraging women all over the world to wear red lipstick? Like, how did you get your start? Well, you do hear a lot about self-care and everyone's talking about that. And it's a huge buzzword and it should be. It's for a good reason. Hmm. And I really believe that self-care is the practice of learning how to hold space for yourself. So really being with yourself, finding out what feels good to you, finding out how to nurture your nervous system and be with yourself in quiet moments, in moments of excitement and all in moments of sadness, all of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So really exploring yourself and getting to know yourself in an intimate way. And as you do that, you give yourself grace for the hard things. You cheer yourself on for the, the amazing things. And that will make you and help you fall more and more in love with yourself and who you are. And just really recognizing you're a human being. Hmm. You're a human being. This is so beautiful because typically when I talk about self-care with someone, they will talk about getting a manicure or going to the gym, both of which are great, right? I, I love manicures and just went to the gym today. So but what you're talking about is something much deeper, right? You're talking about the giving yourself grace, just as you would a friend, as you would a lover or, you know, your child. You're talking about a deeper kind of self-care. Correct. Yes, you can take a bath and that's wonderful. And sometimes, like yesterday, I only had five minutes. So I took a quick bath mm. <laughs> and then I took a longer one later. But if you can be with yourself in your bath, if you can admire your legs and thighs, if you can move them slowly in the water and deepen into your... So, you know, the bath is just like a pathway. The manicure is just a pathway, right? Mm. To deepening into yourself and exploring yourself and what you like and what you don't like. It makes sense. And if someone's listening to this and they're going, but I don't even know how to be with myself. The only way I know how, Crystal, is to look at my legs and say they're too big or they're too thin or whatever. How do we even get started? Oh my goodness, what an amazing question. I'll just share a quick experience and story that might help spark an idea. Hmm. I was at a woman's retreat and the prompting was to dance and be witnessed while you're dancing. So I closed my eyes. I was really nervous, but I allowed myself to be nervous and dropped into myself. I spent a lot of time hugging myself during that song. Hmm. And it's just being present while being witnessed in the right container. And then afterwards, we said, we were told, speak. Hmm. I couldn't believe the things that came out of my mouth. I said, I love the back of my arm, the part that like got flabby. <laughs> I like, 
<laughs> you mean the part I went to the gym today to really work on? <laughs> yes, that exact part. Yeah. Uh, the roll. And the, I said, I love that roll mm. and on my back. And I love pinching it. And I real, I love my thighs. And I realized what I was doing was speaking to those spaces and places that needed the most love in that moment. Mm. And it was from a place of totally allowing my voice to come through and out in the moment um, without questioning it. Like, oh, I shouldn't love that place. Mm. But saying, oh, you know, there's something really real in the fact that that place needs my love and attention right now. Hmm. And did you have to overcome a lot of negative voices to hear that kinder voice? Yes. And I will say one of the biggest motivations for me to do my work in this area was the birth of my daughter. And being pregnant with her, we didn't find out if it was a boy or girl or, you know, while we were pregnant, but something inside me knew. Hmm. And I remember thinking, I am making a promise to myself to work on myself so that I can bring out this feminine creature mm. into the world, having at least started my work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that makes a lot of sense that having a girl, you would suddenly look at yourself and say, I've got to change the dialogue, right? I've got to change the narrative. It's not about me anymore and my mm. baggage. And if you, choose not to have children and you don't have a girl or whatever your situation, you can look at the little ones in the grocery store, at the park, your friends, children, and you can see that there is a need for you to do your work so that you can provide a safer space and world for these little ones. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what our generation is doing right now with all of the self-love and self-care talk and practice, right? And not being perfect at it, just practice is changing the trajectory for generations to come. That's what we're doing as women. And we have been sold a story about what we're supposed to look like or who we're supposed to be. And I know you talk about this a lot, Crystal. So what do you see as having created this kind of self-hatred that women have? Yeah, it's an excellent way to separate women. It's mm. an excellent way to um, control women is to use beauty and the body to um, categorize us and to say that, you know, I don't know what the number is, but like less than 1% of the population is allowed the crown, the title <laughs> of beauty, <laughs> right? It's ridiculous. <laughs> but that's right. the narrative. Right. And and it's interesting the way you say that it's an excellent way to separate women, right? That someone somewhere created a story that if we make women hate their own bodies, they will start competing with one another and never feeling good enough and maybe then never ask for the power in the relationship or speak their voice or stand up for themselves or you know fast forward to now ask for the promotion or you know brag about your talents go for the dream. So this is entrenched patriarchy. And when we talk about this, it's not man-hating. It is kind of an old white world culture created thousands of years ago that is still having significant impact on how women view themselves. Absolutely. If someone has ever said anything to you about your beauty and it hurts, 
Hmm. And it affects you that time, that moment that this girl said something about you or this person at school in the schoolyard said something about you. You still remember that moment, that separation from what I call your beauty knowing that you're born with. Hmm. You have you are being separated from that. And if beauty is what's holding you back from reaching your goals and dreams, I am here to help you with that. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to say, I can't go on Facebook Live because I'm not pretty enough. I can't sell my course because I'm not pretty enough. I can't go out of the house because I'm not pretty enough. That's standing in your way from your greatness. A hundred percent. And this beauty knowing, right? I love that because I, I think this is what a lot of women are missing. And I can totally resonate with it. I grew up in a family where the men sat at the table during holiday dinners and the women were in the kitchen serving, okay? (laughs) And I was a little girl and couldn't wait to be like in the kitchen with the women doing whatever the women were doing in there. Well, as I became a preteen and a teenager and was in the kitchen, what I found was happening was that my aunts and my grandmother, et cetera, were putting their fingers into the stuffing or into the turkey putting a piece of the food into their mouth and saying, I'm so fat. Ugh, I'm so fat. Ugh, I'm so fat. And that was the narrative. And these are not large women, but that is the culture. And so it's as if, listening to you, it's as if some of my family members had lost their beauty knowing. Yes. Yes. And so how do we reclaim that? Like, I love this idea of being in the bathtub, but do we need to go back to our little girl selves? How do we reclaim or remember Yeah, yeah. Part of my journey and what I recommend to some of my clients, and there's different ways of doing it, of course. But if you can identify with a little girl or a little human, and you slow down and you notice the beautiful eyelashes Hmm. and the beautiful nails and the teeny tiny fingers, and you just connect with that. Hmm. And then you spend some time with yourself. Maybe you get out a picture of you as a baby. And you put that on your altar or you just sit with yourself and remember, and then you build a bridge between that little girl at the grocery store or your little girl um, that you have in your home and then the little girl inside. And then you just slowly start to build that bridge and you soften into it and you hang it around people like me that are, (laughs) you know, that are there to tell you. Because we all need support sometimes, right? Right, right. I mean, this is so important to have people like you or the people in your Facebook group who are allowing themselves to explore what it is to feel beautiful. And with that, you've created something called the Red Lip Revolution. Will you talk to us about that? Oh, boy. So <laughs> and I am wearing red lipstick for the occasion. <laughs> I love it. Y'all can't really? see me, but I wore it just to tape this episode today. <laughs> and maybe it activated you a little bit when you put it on. I don't know. For sure. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I put red lipstick on, I feel sexier. Every what? single time. I could be wearing sweats. And if you put red lipstick on, it's like, ooh, yeah, you know, and then make little kissy faces in the mirror. So Tell us a little bit about the Red Lip Revolution and how it inspires women. Yes, there's a lot to it. I was, I love YouTube. I love baths. I was in a YouTube hole going down, 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 <laughs> yes. um, obsessing about Marilyn Monroe. Mm. And I came across a, a makeup tutorial and I was like, oh, red lipstick. 
Marilyn Monroe. And her story is fascinating, by the way. Mm. And I went to bed and I woke up in the middle of the night and I said, tomorrow, I'm going to tell everyone I know to wear red lipstick and then just tell me, what is your experience? And there was as many experiences as there were people trying it out. I put it on and then I wiped it off right away. (laughs) Right. I couldn't even put it on. Mm. Um, I couldn't even buy it. Or I used to wear it. How come I'm not wearing it anymore? And on and on and on. And feeling sexier and feeling seen. I hear story after story of all these women's real, real experiences. The red lip provoked something. And there's multiple layers in this. Um, Part of it is you seeing yourself in the mirror for the first time. Part of it is inviting others into a conversation with you. Wearing red lipstick is an invitation for connection in the coffee shop, out and about. It's an invitation to be seen. Um, and noticed. And there's a lot of feelings that come up around that, right? It's a bold statement. And you can do this even in your own home, right? Don't discount that power. Mm. Yeah, we don't even need other people. I was struck when you mentioned someone putting it on and taking it off. And I thought, well, of course, because I think at our deep core, we are dying to be seen. Like we really want to be seen and understood and heard. And what a way to be seen. You will be seen if you're wearing red lipstick. You will be heard. And then that's so scary for us, right? So it's like we deeply crave it and we're afraid of it all at the same time. And so as you're collecting these stories from women, it sounds like you really realize the power that we can have by simply putting red lipstick on. Yes, yes. It's so simple yet so profound. And it seems to just resonate. And I think it's something up in the collective because women have sent me articles about the flappers using red lipstick as Mm -hmm. a revolutionary act, a woman who painted her door red and handed out red lipstick um, so there's these, act, you know, Cleopatra wearing red lipstick. There's these acts throughout time and history of women using red lipstick in, in this way. So there's something about it. There's something about the color red and there's something about the lips and the connection. Like lips are a connector on your body anyways. Mm-hmm. Use them to kiss, use them to speak. So there's something deeper in there. And I have personally used lips in my own healing journey three different times when I was giving birth during my near-death experience and um, another birth that I had. So lips are also very important to me. Wow. I mean, there's so much now I want to dive into near-death experience. Tell us about that and how that's impacted you. Mm, Yeah. So I was 25 and I was having spinal surgery. And, um, yeah, I was in the hospital and it was the middle of the night and I had this voice that has never come so clearly before or after that said, Crystal, breathe shallow. Mm. And I was in complete sleep. The hospital was silent, deep in the ICU. And I said, okay. 
And then all the alarms went off and all the noises and my nurse rushed in and the lights went on and my fiance, who's my husband, um, now rushed to my side, every emergency, every noise. Hmm. And my heart and uh, my heart rate, uh, my nurse said, Crystal, you're not having a heart attack yet, but your heart rate's 185. And there's oh. literally nothing I can do for you. I have given you all the pain medicine. I have tried all the things. And meanwhile, I was continuing to be dedicated to that voice that said, breathe shallow. Mm. So the chaos and the doctors and everything, everyone trying to talk to me, trying to tell me, trying to ask me, um, and I remain dedicated to the breathe shallow, which mm. is really hard to do, by the way. Well, yeah, I mean, you're you're basically being told that you're going to have a heart attack any second. You might die any second. There's, as you said, alarms everywhere. And you heard that inner voice. I heard that inner voice. Or that God. I mean, we could call it an outer voice, a guide, an ancestor, energy, goddess. We could call it your inner knowing. And you stuck with it. And is that how you survived? Yes. And all the Stanford doctors, all the experts were in the room trying to tell me everything. I brought my pain level from, they were saying, you're at 11 level, 11 pain. I brought it down to zero. Mm. There's a whole story on that. Brought it down to zero so that they could bring in the x-ray machine, take all the blood work, do everything. I brought my heart rate down, all of that by breathing shallow and remaining present. And what was happening was that my lungs were filling up from the inside. So it was essentially drowning from the inside. And if I took a deep breath, if I sat up, if I spoke, I would have drowned. Oh my goodness. Yes. And so I used my lips to help me through that breathing shallow process. Mm. So you've had a connection with your lips for a long time. A long time. It literally saved you. And I, and this is part of my legacy is to let people know that you are the expert on you. Mm-hmm. I had the top doctors in probably the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Stanford. Tell- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had the heads of all the departments. Um, and I knew what was best for me mm. in that moment. And I trusted myself. So the self-love and nurturing the connection to yourself over and over and over again so that when you have times of emergency or you need to think fast, you're exercising that muscle of trust and love. Mm. Yeah. It's so important. It's like, I want to put a picture frame around this. So we all remember this because this is an example of really listening deeply to your inner wisdom, to the wisdom that each one of us as women has within And we are so used to listening to the outer critics, whether that is an actual external critic that is telling you that you're too big or too old, or it's an internal voice that you've developed to mimic. But deeper inside of every woman is a wisdom voice. And she will always tell you that you're beautiful, always return you to breath. Yes. And with the kind of practices you talked about, something like wearing red lipstick or being in the bathtub and loving on your belly, on your thigh, you can connect back with that inner self. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's true. And I say to women and people, don't miss out on that voice 
Don't miss out on loving yourself. Don't miss out on it. It is possible and available. And you know it's hard. And sometimes you need lots and lots and lots of support, lots of external support, and you deserve it. And that's okay. Right. And we have a hard time, I think, asking for external support. We think it's a luxury or we aren't supposed to or we're not worth it. And yet, I think that self-doubt is an epidemic among women. And the only way out is through with other women. Yes. Yeah. Now, I know you also had a home birth that shaped your self-love and the work that you do. And of course, I'm pregnant, so I'm super curious. (laughs) I want to hear more selfishly. (laughs) Fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Um, My last home birth with my daughter, and of course, we didn't know it was a girl at the time, but I really dropped in. This this was my second home birth. I had a hospital Mm -hmm. birth, a home birth, and a home birth. Um, And I really dropped into trusting my body so Mm. deeply so deeply. And I had that connection with the other births as well, but I really went for it with this one. I ate, <laughs> I ate <laughs> all the things they're not supposed to do. I nourished myself. At the hospital, they won't let you eat. They won't I let you. <laughs> they won't let you. Um, I went for a walk up the street, mm-hmm. we, which we went to the grocery store. I labored in the grocery store. Right. Yes. I did all the things. Um, And I just allowed the noises and I allowed the opening up of my body. I took up space even before the baby was coming through and out. I was widening and opening Mm. and just allowing. And I smiled as Mm. I pushed her out. Mm. And I used my lips again to connect me from the opening here to the opening of my center Mm. to deliver the baby. And I, I, I experienced, and you can't see me, but I, I put my lips in a circle and I loosened my lips and I allowed that opening. Right. Mm. And so that really helped me deliver the baby through. Um, So, so practicing even now, you know, if you're getting a massage or something, you know, like the, in your, in the bath, Practice opening up your lips, loosening them. I'm practicing right now. No, yes, you are. Me. Crystal can see me. <laughs> my red lips, I'm practicing with my mouth. I, I love it. And it's so important. We have such a connection with our bodies if we will allow ourselves to, yes. right? Rather than seeing our bodies as this object that is or is not acceptable to magazine standards or whoever in high school, middle school, told you that your body was not acceptable to having a connection with your body where, whoa, this is my body that birthed my children or that allows me to dance, my body that allows me to kiss, my body that allows me to splash in the ocean. And I love this connection with the mouth. I had not, with the lips, I hadn't thought of that. And it's such a beautiful opening because really the lips are a connector. Lips are a connector. So connect mm. with your own lips mm. and use them to connect with others. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is going to get me to my second thing I want to talk to. So one is International Day of Self-Love, which is today, February 13th. So everyone out there, happy International Day of Self-Love. It is a day to practice what Crystal is teaching us. And tomorrow, of course, is Valentine's Day. 
So this is a perfect segue, connecting your lips with someone else's lips. Crystal, something that has honestly just turned me on immediately from getting to know you is how you talk about you and your husband. And you've been married for 20 years with three kids. We've been, yeah, we've been together for 20. Oh, okay. Together for 20 years. Thank you. And 13, wait, since 2007. So 13 years, what? Wow. So married 13, three kids, and it's hot. I mean, the two of you still are hot in love. So maybe first, I, if you're, if you're willing with our audience, share a little bit about your relationship because I want people to hear what's possible. And then I want to hear how do we get there? Yes. Well, it's been quite a long journey, right? 20 years. How do you <laughs> put that into a couple <laughs> yeah. of minutes? Right. Yeah. So I really do prioritize my relationship and I prioritized back in the day when I was Mm -hmm. single, finding the relationship. And part of that was seeing people who I admired in their relationship and modeling. So finding positive role models, Mm -hmm. um, whether it was in my family or not, right? So finding Mm -hmm positive role models and looking at why do I like their relationship? What about it is drawing me into them and kind of doing a little bit of study and then deciding that I wasn't going to settle. Hmm. I know it's easy to say and people say it, but like holding to that, I am the queen. (laughs) I deserve love. I deserve to be seen. I deserve to get angry when I feel angry. I deserve to be self-expressed and take up space in my home and my relationship. And this is an interesting one, and I'm not sure how this will land, but I picked a husband who um, is very soft and gentle Mm. and kind. And and I know everyone has their own flavor and he was my flavor. Mm. But I do remember having conversations with friends that um, had these this ideal of a man should do this, that, and the other. A man should make this amount of money. A man should have this sort of position, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and if that's your flavor, fine. But I was really looking for those softer skills of humor, physical touch, gentleness, Mm. um, and that has has served us well. This is so beautiful because what I have seen in my own previous life and with so many clients is this checklist for love, right? And typically in a man. I'm not talking about with a woman, but typically... A woman looking for a man, he should be tall, he should be good looking, he should make a certain amount of money, he should have a certain, like you're saying, position, blah, 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 certain, you name it. And then we get terribly disappointed when those people are not working out. And I'm not saying those people cannot work out, they can. And what I'm hearing you say is to go a little deeper. And what happened with Josh and I is that I had dated a well-off lawyer many times, and I married one of them. So there was like a, a pattern, and they weren't bad guys at all, not at all. But I found myself silencing around them. And I hear what you're saying about taking up space in your relationship. And when I was in graduate school, 
you know, I left my old career and went back to graduate school at 36. And a very wise friend of mine who was 21 or 22 at the time, very wise, like unbelievable. She said, Karen, how do you want to feel in a relationship? And I was like, ooh, feel. And I talked about, I want to feel adored. I want to feel cherished. And then when I met Josh, that's how I felt. And he is shorter than me. And he was a teacher. He wasn't a vice president of God knows what. And it was going with the feelings. And that's what I'm hearing you talk about. Yes, yes. My husband makes me and made me in the beginning feel like the only person in the room. Hmm. Like the world was spinning around us and we are here. And that can feel edgy and intimate for people too. Yeah, yeah. And for you, three kids later, it's working. How do the two of you keep your relationship fresh after 13 years of marriage and 20 years together? Yeah, um, we give each other the benefit of the doubt. And we understand. I remember when we had our first child, and my husband's like, This is going to be hard. But at the end of it, <laughs> it's just going to be us two again. So we understand mm. that this having children or big experiences are going to bring up a lot of stuff. And we may not be our right self <laughs> during that. And so allowing ourselves that grace of, okay, we're going to probably fight more and it's going to happen. And we are at this wonderful point where our children are mostly out of our bed and bedroom. So we have more alone time again. And we have hit this wonderful place of connectedness and alone time again. And it's, uh, it's fantastic. Hmm. What would you recommend to women out there who feel disconnected from their husbands or they haven't had a hot sex life with their husband in years? How do we rekindle that? Yeah, I am a student of this question myself as I self-reflect and try to figure out because this is a great question that I get asked. And right now I'm at the point where I remember driving in my car, listening to some podcast, book on tape, I don't know what it was, and the woman saying, you have to take responsibility for your own pleasure and like asking for what you want. And I was so pissed. I was like, (laughs) F you. No, he needs to read my mind and it needs to happen now. And we've been together for so long and I've told him a million times already. He should know by now. Oh, and on and on. on. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I totally get that. Wow. So angry to hear that advice. But, and then I had a wise friend say like, because I was telling her, oh, we have the best sex life and on and on. She's like, it's because of you, Crystal, because you're so sexy and sensual and you bring the the romance and, and robust like sex life to the relationship. I always thought it was him. He's older, like he's had more partners. I was like, oh, he like, he's teaching me. Mm-hmm. And I had this realization of, oh, I'm bringing this here. And so I've been on this experiment of receiving to receive Mm. lately. And at first it was just receiving to receive in that one moment, in that one intimate time together. How long can I receive for? Do I give reciprocate? Do I give back? When is my turn done? 
And for me, I need space and time to relax into my body and into the bed and all the conversations of the day need to go. And I tell my husband, you know, I'm still thinking about like that thing that happened earlier. Can we keep like focusing on me as I get through the layers? Hmm. And I just tell him I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And so I'm receiving and receiving, receiving in that moment and all the things and all the voices and getting through that, that edginess. And now I'm in this place of, oh, I received last time and I received last time. And so how many times in a row am I allowed to be the <laughs> recipient? And I tell you what, my orgasms are getting longer, hmm. more full bodied. They're lasting until the next morning. Like I'm hmm. going to sleep in them and it's just expanding and expanding. And he is enjoying the hell out of it. He is not wow. missing out. <laughs> oh, oh my goddess. Wow. Okay. So this is incredible. So you receive and then you receive and then you receive how do you ask to be the recipient? Do you put on your red lipstick and lingerie? How do we get to be the recipient all the time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so one of the big things I'm about too is like saying the hard thing and the edgy thing and having hard conversations that make us feel squirmy mm. and weird. Like, can you imagine yourself asking your partner, well, I'm going to receive to receive now. That mm. might bring up a weird feeling. But if you'll you get ask, what you want. Yes, you get what you want. So you ask for it. So at first I didn't. I just was like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, experiment and see how he reacts to it without me asking. And he was fine with it. Was so meaning, what does it mean to experiment without asking? Yeah. So we're having an intimate moment. We're on our bed and he's juicing me up, right? He's got the lube out and the hands and all the things. Okay. So, and, and I don't want to make you uncomfortable asking questions. So you're allowing yourself the foreplay to just be about you. I'm allowing the foreplay to be about me. I have this beautiful mm. soft red blanket. I laid mm. it on my bed. I'm feeling, I'm not even receiving just from him. I'm feeling the softness of the blanket. I'm feeling my body relax in. I'm feeling my breath. Maybe my lips are moving. Mm -hmm. um, and then he is massaging me. And he's doing all the things, right? And I think there's this moment, for me anyways, where we're like, okay, I'm done now. I'm going to mm -hmm. do the other thing, right? Right. I'm going to go now. I'll focus on you. I'm going to focus on you. We're going to move. We're going to do a different position. Tip for Tat, you gave to me, I give to you now. Yes. Yes. So, so feeling that feeling and then being like, no, we're going to keep going. Oh. Mm. We're going to keep going with this. And he will stop when he's tired, right? Yeah. yeah. And I find, this is so good. I find that a lot of men, and I believe a lot of women, I've only had one woman partner before, and it was the same with her, want to give their woman pleasure. They want to give their woman pleasure. In fact, this just happened with me and Josh today in the shower. I was doing a webinar and we had gone to the gym and I was like, oh, when we get home, we'll shower, but I don't have time for, you know, any fun, you know, hanky panky. And then I thought, oh no, the best thing for my webinar is if we actually have some pleasure. So he said, well, how about if we just give to you in the shower? And I had that moment and he was giving to me in the shower and I had that moment of, oh, and now I should give back, right? The old voice and the allowing to receive and, and, 
after the shower, he said to me, like, thank you. Thank you for letting me love your body. And so trusting that they want that. The other thing I'm hearing, this is so important, Crystal, and I know that this is key to your work, is the more you love yourself, allow yourself to feel beautiful, allow yourself full sensuality, the more you took and take responsibility for your own pleasure and for your own feeling of beautiful. Yes. The better your relationship with your husband is. Correct. Correct. It's true. So there it's is this. Wow, there really is this tie between self-love and romantic love. Absolutely. If you, because this is an edge too, if you're receiving and you're not feeling beautiful and we're working on this, right? There are definitely times where I don't feel beautiful. But if you're practicing like, I am beautiful, Mm. he loves what he sees. You know, Mm. give a little shoulder, um, a little smile, a little wink at him Mm. or her as, as they're giving and you're receiving that is like such a turn on. <laughs> I, she's doing it. So when I take podcasts, everybody, I can see my guests and she's giving me the shoulder and she's giving me a wink. And I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. Okay. I would, I would right now, Crystal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And feel, right. Feel your hair and teeth. Yes. And all of that. that. You're so like, sensual. Yes. Think of like what you would be if you were a model, right? You're just like doing all the moves. Mm-hmm. And so allowing that, and one little practice that we do that has helped us even get like a small little step is to have your partner take pictures of you. Hmm. Now this is an edge. It's going to be an edge for a lot of people. Yeah. And they don't have to be naked pictures. They can be out on the street, out and about. That's where we started. And Mm. honey, hold the camera like this and like directing, right? Hold the camera like this. <laughs> this angle, I'm above. right? Yeah. And so, yes. giving the directions. Mm, this is so genius because I think, as really little girls, like two before kind of an initial wound, we wanted our picture taken, right? I'm not saying every little girl, but a lot of little girls want their picture taken, want people to watch them dance, want to be seen. And then we become afraid of that. You know, then we talk ourselves out of it. And we become afraid and talk ourselves out because some magazine company or fashion company said that we weren't beautiful, but all of us have that model inside. And the more we allow ourselves to be her, which is our truth, the more we will have the sex life, the romance, the relationship we want. Absolutely. Yeah. Crystal, I could talk to you all day long. You have so much wisdom so much wisdom. And this is something women need, right? And not just women, girls. I don't know if you work with girls too. I know you have a daughter. I don't have the statistic in front of me, but I've given it on the show before. The number of fourth graders that are already on a diet, fourth grade girls, the number of preteen and teenage girls that already don't feel beautiful. There was a Glamour magazine survey that 97% of the women in the survey said that there was some aspect of their body they didn't like. Well, how are we going to feel sexy with a partner if that's how we feel about ourselves? So this work is so important because I think we have this epidemic on our hands. So how can women find you? Yeah, I am super active on Facebook, especially my private group. And I keep it private for a reason because women are doing deep healing work in there and sharing. And I am as well. 
Mm. I am as well in there. So definitely look for me, Crystal C. Avila Langan on Facebook, and then my Facebook group, Beauty and Body Reclamation. Mm. And then I'm getting more visible on Instagram. Ooh, fun. <laughs> I love it's like a little flirt. I'll flirt with it a little bit. Yes. So I really want to promote the Red Lip Revolution on Instagram. I think it's such an easy way for women to connect and experiment. So I'm red underscore lip underscore revolution on Instagram. And then, of course, my website, crystallangan.com. Awesome. And, of course, we have all of those links on our show notes and Crystal does one-on-one coaching. She does speaking engagements. Uh, If you have an organization, whether it's a festival, a march, a women's empowerment conference, she can come in and bring her Red Lipstick Revolution tent and all of her amazing work to your group. So Crystal, there's something I like to do with all my guests. It's called a Purpose Power Play Round. And I'm just going to ask you a couple of random questions and whatever is the first thing that comes to your mind is the correct answer. Does that sound like something you're up for? Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. This is my opportunity to feel like Ellen in one of those like moments of <laughs> like a talk show. Okay, question number one. What is your favorite day of the year? Oh, Valentine's Day, that's so funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, then isn't this perfect? Happy Valentine's Day to you. <laughs> Thank you. All the love, all the love and hearts in red. (laughs) That makes so much sense. Crystal and I were messaging back and forth on Facebook and she changed the color of our conversation to red. I didn't even know that that was possible. And all of a sudden our whole conversation came up in red. It was so perfect. Like, so you, I just loved it. (laughs) Love it. So is it because it just reminds you of love and makes you feel love inside and I mean, it's like, why not? Hello, a, a, a separate day. I know it was like invented by the card company or something like that, but whatever. <laughs> Who cares? I'm taking it. Amen. Right? Yes. Send me flowers. Yes. Okay. Let's all do it. Send Crystal some flowers. All right, Crystal, who inspires you to be better? Oh, my daughter. A thousand mm. percent my daughter, my little one. She is my model. She is my greatest teacher. Hmm. That is so beautiful and so important. As you were talking about her, I was thinking about my niece that was just born, who's now just a week old, and the messages, and my sister is whispering in her ear already, you are kind, you are strong, you are healthy, et cetera, et cetera, you are beautiful. Because everyone who keeps seeing this baby keeps saying, she's so beautiful, she's so beautiful, and she wants her to know she is beautiful, and she's beautiful inside and out. And so. I love that, how the little ones can inspire us. Absolutely. And you will do anything to change the world to protect them. Mm. Mm. I can't wait for that for myself. (laughs) Okay, last question. What is something everyone should do at least once in their life? Everyone should really slow down and stop and just really be present with themselves and take up the space with themselves. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. That is beautiful. I totally felt that. I could feel my whole body 
come into myself and take up that space in this moment. Knowing we're worthy of that space within ourselves and with others. Totally free. It's available to everyone. And you deserve it. Mm. Crystal, your wisdom is like hot cocoa to my insides and like the best essential oil. (laughs) You're just warming me in all the right ways. I just really appreciate your wisdom, your beauty in every way, and what you are doing for women. It's so important. So again, everyone, to find Crystal, go on our show notes. You want to follow her and become part of her community in all of the places. Of course, it's the best thing you could do for self-love day and for Valentine's Day because there is this incredible connection between how much you love yourself and the way that you will show up in romantic relationship. And so with that, Crystal, thank you, thank you, thank you for your wisdom and brilliance and presence on the Purpose Girl podcast. To all of you out there, thank you for listening. We hope you loved this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. If you did, head on over to Apple Podcasts, spend 60 seconds and leave a two-sentence review. It is helping women all over the world find us. Of course, the best way to stay in touch and to ensure you get weekly tips about how to live your purpose, how to love yourself, how to live that life that you can create for yourself is to join the Purpose Girl community. Go on over to PurposeGirl.com and sign up for the Purpose Girl newsletter or go on over to Facebook and join the Purpose Girls Facebook group. There you will find a community, a sisterhood of over 2,000 women who support each other, are honest, are open, loving, supportive, all here to live our true purpose in life. Of course, the best thing you can do is to share this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast with every woman you know, your mom, your sister, the women at work, make a book club about it because every woman deserves to feel beautiful inside and out. That's how we change the world, one woman at a time. And so with that, my Purpose Girls, may you live purposefully, may you love yourself, and may you love life. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.